You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode, uh, food photography content related episode, I guess we could call it today. Um, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, you can see that there's a camera on the table. It's not Brandon's, it's mine. Kenan just waved. Say hi, Kenan. Hi. <laughs> uh, the man sat between us is Mr. Brandon Smith, known as Dwelling Table on Instagram and all social media, and that's his brand, and takes amazing photos of food. And I tried to do this the other day and realized how good you are at it because it's you. really, really hard. <laughs> and Thank you. For someone who's trying to get into photography, and Kenan, obviously, you've been doing photography for quite a while now, and shooting some architectural stuff yep. um, I think this is going to be a fun conversation just trying to we can talk cameras we can talk whatever you guys want to talk about local food scene a bit stuff like that but um, I just man, I love the way that you take photos I know we've had a conversation previously saying you know I think, how do you do it and you're like well it just kind of comes naturally um, and that's kind of things that I have when people say that to me about the podcast. Like, well, what do you do? Like, well, just start have a conversation. And I know Kenan's probably said the same thing for his real estate photography. But how, I guess we'll start with, how'd you get into it? Mm, that's a great question. I, I, um, every time I explain this, it's never really quite as linear as I wish I could explain it. I have a background in marketing. And through the marketing work that I did, that's where I initially got a feel for a camera. Mm -hmm. But I always try to credit food photography and like the whole interest in getting into it from blogs. So think like circa 2010 and 2012, uh, the time where Instagram hadn't killed blogs yet. And you would go to somebody's blog and it would just be like this beautiful thing with, with it would be like the equivalent of like meeting somebody. Right. Or as close as you could get to meeting somebody with like beautiful type, beautiful images, this great design. Um, and a lot of times I feel like whenever I'm whenever I'm thinking about food, it's not always the food that really gets me when it comes to photography. I I really like photographing beautiful things. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's kind of like where that's kind of like my my entry to food is like I like photographing food but yeah. what I really like is the more editorial style of photography that comes with food okay so it's not necessarily like I absolutely love food I'm gonna take pictures around it to still be in the food scene yeah which most people probably think you do love food I well I do probably love it, food right? so I do love food I love cooking I like I, I do love a lot of food food things but um but not to the know. level of, like, I'm going to write food blogs and I'm going to taste all this stuff. Well, like <laughs> okay, so here's the funny thing. So whenever I started Dwelling Table, it actually started as a food blog. Interesting. And I think, um, you know, I, I, I could go on and on about having, like, a love-hate relationship with Instagram. But um, kind of the story about getting into food photography has been, like, one of visibility. Mm -hmm. So, like, whenever I first started, the only thing I really thought you could do with food photography would be to blog. Really. Right. And so Dwelling Table started as a blog, and I blogged in my tiny little studio apartment. Mm -hmm. And I actually every now and then go back and I read 
my old blogs, and they're awful. I mean, they just sound. <laughs> I, I, I cringe. They they sound so bloggy. Isn't and, all your old everybody's old work is always like, oh, how am I here? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like very cringy and and very bloggy sounding. And uh, anyway, so I I did that for a little while, and then um, was able to like kind of start getting my feet wet with commercial food photography and mm-hmm. booking gigs uh, shooting who, shooting in restaurants who was like your first paid gig my first paid food gig was Orange Leaf okay yeah Orange Leaf uh, we did a little shoot in my apartment at one point and then I was later hired to do some food styling for them on a set but um, is that like like the, what is Orange Leaf Orange Leaf it's yeah. a, like a frozen yogurt that's right company mm-hmm. i think they're in that new uh or at least they're going to be in like that new the, the what's it called the, the where eot like is, is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah oh they're upstairs dude they're like headquarters upstairs right okay i guess that's their head okay because i've yeah, seen yeah. i've seen their logo and stuff but i didn't know if like okay. they actually had yeah it. it's it's something like that um but the the job that really has made like a huge difference as far as like setting setting kind of a trajectory for the path that I'm on now mm-hmm. was working with Edible OKC. Um, they had reached out and yeah. I started shooting for them. And honestly, the first the first um, shoot I did for them was in a barbecue restaurant called Leo's. Yeah. Okay, I don't know if you've been yeah, to Leo's, Leo's, but yeah. it's kind of hailed as being like some very, very good Oklahoma City barbecue. And um, yeah, it's a cave. And like Long I'm like a newbie photographer. Like I had purchased, you know, my f- my fancy camera, um, like maybe a year before, and I was shooting with the only lens that I had at the time, a 35 millimeter um, Sigma art lens, which I think like everybody has. Anyway, um, yes, and so like technically speaking, I wasn't using any kind of flash. The the natural light in it was like very very dim my iso was cranked up so high to be able to get this photo and i had wanted to shoot for edible so bad and so i finally got this gig and i'm like this is gonna be it like i'm gonna hand over these photos and they're gonna like say sorry we can't use these or like it was nice knowing you and um i ended up landing the cover with the with an image of i can't remember his name but he was the um I don't think he was the owner. I think he was like the the pit master. Pit master, yeah, yeah. Pit master. He was like barbecue restaurant. And I think I, I owe I kind of owe that win to him because uh, he was such a ham while I was right. there, and he was like flipping his knife and like doing all this crazy stuff with the ribs and um, real character. Yeah, someone was telling me later that they were there and he was doing that. He ended up cutting his hand really bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jeez. But actually, I think yeah, he made the pick. Yeah. So. I mean, when, oh, when when was that? I see you've scrolled down all the way to my old blog content. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking <laughs> wow. down your Instagram feed. Uh, you don't post a lot of pictures, do you? No. Because it didn't take me so long like, to get, like, way it, to the bottom. But it, is that just, deal. like, a photography thing? It's a... I'm a dad of two under two. And, uh, like, on one hand, I do think that I need to be more diligent about posting my work to Instagram. Mm-hmm. But on... A, the other hand, one thing that I would want to mention is that the success of my business hasn't relied solely on the popularity of my Instagram. Yeah. Um, a lot of the work that I've been able to get has been through referrals and also my website. 
Go but to. Instagram certainly helps. It's not like I. Do you think that possibly it could? Like you like could, could get more business from it if you put some. Like, I think if you I invested could, in it. but yeah. um, I, I think that I could. I do just want to push back a little bit on like Instagram being everything and like you have to have thousands and thousands of followers to you know become a successful photographer and that's really mm -hmm. not the case and in fact if you go and you look at a lot of commercial photographers who are shooting really high-end editorial work Instagram is not like their, their bread thing. and butter yeah. they're like they're definitely posting but they're not really mm -hmm. on not I, I shouldn't make it like a blanket statement, but no, it's not but like, like a, it's it makes not sense. like everybody in the photography world is chasing fame on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean because I've I've even personally gotten gigs off of it like via Instagram. They saw my stuff and like, hey, let's do something. But I think that I mean even there's some photographers that I'm like, you are top shelf, and then you look and they have like three thousand followers. Yeah. yeah. And so like I don't I really don't think that followers really translate to no. Like, you're right. You're because, like, you know, there are people out there with millions of followers that are like, Who are you, dude? Yeah, <laughs> what can't do you really take had, photos. Had, oh, not even just not even photographers, just like personalities. Yeah, and I'm like, What's going on here? Mm -hmm. So, I don't really think that numbers translate directly to that, but I do think I think Instagram is just like a tool, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that, like I said, there's and I, I've seen this in kind of I follow a lot of car photographers, and like my favorite car pho photographer of all time, um, you know, like has these amazing shoots and. Like, no one really knows who he is on Instagram. Yeah. But, like, he has, like, all this awesome stuff. <clears throat> and, yeah, I just, it's literally right. It's a tool, isn't it? It's like a marketing tool. If you have time to use it, great. If you don't, but you can't, like, solely rely on it. Sure. And, I yeah, I agree. It's a tool just as much as, like, you know, being, like, a good steward of, like, your own personal network of mm -hmm. IRL relationships. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, which can be, like, just as. Yeah profitable so in those referrals then that's what like oklahoma yeah. is though isn't it like everybody <laughs> everyone knows who everyone knows everyone right so as soon as especially in like the restaurant industry industry here yeah it's, you know it's a lot smaller it is growing but it's a lot smaller and then you know you just kind of get i think you become that guy that everyone just like oh who takes photos of food okay it's brandon is that right? good or is that bad though i mean for you it's a great thing yeah. i think so i think it depends on Maybe your perspective, I guess. You think? I don't know. Well, I mean, I, that's, think, I would assume that that would be the goal, to be, like, the go-to guy in town. Yeah, I definitely don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I, I, like, I love the local scene as far as, you know, restaurants go. I think I think we've got some really great food here in Oklahoma City. And, um, I, yeah, there are a lot of great restaurants that I would love to shoot at. But what were you going to say, Kenan? I don't know. I think I just always try to play devil's advocate and see both sides of things. Like, I could see where maybe being the dude would be bad, but also, but I don't know. I was just trying to think of how I'd explain that, but maybe there isn't a downside to it, being that you should be the dude. Well, I mean, you, you're you kind of like, I would say you're equally the dude for real estate. I mean, I don't, I mean. Kenan <laughs> he hates, so here's the hates Kenan. this, doesn't he? Well, here's, here's the thing that Kenan would say. Kenan would be like, well, actually, no, it's not real estate photography. It's architectural photography, yeah. and there's a distinct difference. There is. So I think that probably there's this part of Kenan right now that wants to be like, well, actually, I need to correct you there. I will, do it. I'll hold my tongue. No, I mean, thank you for that. Uh, I mean, I do think that I've gotten to a place where I am, you know, I guess known for what I do, so maybe... Mm -hmm. um, 
I don't know. You cut me off guard there. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> hates compliments. He absolutely hates compliments. Uh, no, but I think like you both have that like similar. You know that that to relate to is like you're both kind of in your spe- in your fields. You're both like that go-to guy or the go-to couple of people, right? Which is I didn't think you were gonna say people there. You know, <laughs> oh, <laughs> the go-to you? couple. Go-to couple for those things. Uh, no, but like, I I I agree. I, I personally think that anyway. Um, but Brandon, how? What did it make you like? Was it a shock that you got the cover that first time? Oh yeah, I cried. Bro. Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, well, and I think too is like, uh, so for anybody who's like you know chasing their dream, mm-hmm. the be the, at least the beginning of that is like, it's uncertain. I remember when I first started posting anything, I felt so, it felt vulnerable just to put something out there. Yeah. Um, and. And yeah, I mean, like, I have a family that I have to provide for, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I live in Oklahoma City, and food photography. I, I, I'll put it this way: I'm like, my mom's friends will be like, you know, we'll be at like a, a little gathering where there are all these people, and they'll be like, "So, you take photos of food?" And <laughs> I mean, it's totally understandable, yeah. but it's also like a Yes, but I've had to work hard do to get here. Do you make money here, on that? Do you and I've had do to that? work hard to yeah. make a decent living doing it. And um, and yeah, so that first edible cover especially was like a huge a huge milestone because before then it just kind of felt like I was just wandering around kind of um, trying to like carve out a path. But Lack totally, of direction, trying to figure yeah, out where you wanted it was to go. Like, it was like kind of the next step yeah. had been revealed a little bit. And it also was like something to show for... Mm-hmm the time and money I'd spent already taking photos of food. Yeah. You know, I think something, because I've, I've been in situations where people are like, so you do what? Like, <laughs> you take pictures of houses? So I think I've, I've when people ask me what I do, I, I've over, like, recently been just straight up, I'm just a photographer. Because, first of all, it cuts down on questions like that. Like, you, you take pictures of houses? why <laughs> you know um that kind of thing so maybe i don't know maybe in that situation I, maybe you don't get to ask that question that much anymore maybe you just show me on instagram and be like what? yeah <laughs> yeah so I, you know, uh, that guy that's always on the cover yeah it's me yeah i always have that yeah. <laughs> is the cover boy he is i've only um, got one cover so where, like where were you did you get a phone call was it a surprise did you see like how did how did you first find out that you were going to be the cover uh i saw it so you didn't. So it wasn't like, out in the wild. I saw it on. Yeah, I saw it out in the wild. I think they didn't even this tell was like you three years ago. So I'm like, I want to say it was. Yeah, that's even I better. That or maybe somebody texted me. Yeah. So it was, total, it was a total surprise. surprise. Yeah, it was a surprise. It felt really good. That's real. And then that obviously started your relationship with Edible OKC, and I mean they are the go-to, I guess, food magazine publication. Was that right? I would say so. Right, because I, I, mean, I don't think I don't think they're is. really rivaled by anybody else yeah. as far as, um, as far as like publishing content about the food right. scene. <laughs> yeah, and I also think that they have. Um, I this is this is not meant to be like a bias statement, but I do think that they have the best food photography. With, with all of it's done by Brandon. <laughs> uh, yeah, how many? This is, you know, we're, we're here to share your story, so you can say whatever you want. <laughs> you. Um, no, but I, I, I agree. I think that's, um, you know, a lot of the photos that are on there, you know, there's n- there's not a bad photo taken that's posted, right? Like, and they're, they're regular on social media too. 
Yeah, they are. Um, and I do think what they did is I think that that a publication like Edible OKC has really raised the game for mm-hmm. food photography among other publications. Um, to where food content is no longer like you just go in and you take a photo of tacos and you write about how this, you know, this new taco place is so good. It's yeah. like the f- the photo is just as important now, I think, yeah. as the written content. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's got to draw you in, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, what, I guess, what else do you, I mean, everyone knows you as the food photographer, but, you know, what what's like your passion? What else do you enjoy taking photos of? Okay. So, like I was saying, I really like taking photos photos of beautiful things and Mm -hmm. and it's taking me a little while to understand that it's not just food because you know you get like a gig where the food comes out and it's like a bowl of gravy and you're (laughs) like i don't really like photographing this but i like i love that bubble right yeah yeah, you know and that's like a that's a made-up scenario but um i i've been i've changed the language with the way that i describe dwelling table now as a, a hospitality media studio okay so it would be um not just food and drink but it would also be um interiors i love interior photography um so like if you were on my website mm-hmm. there are some photos of like bar arbolada um a photo of plant um some things like this where i love that one i want right to do more than just food i really like to, to to try and capture an experience as well yeah is um is like drink photography equally is like Hard, I, hard's probably depends. the wrong word, but equally is. Does, does that not roll know, into food? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I would say. Um, the way. They should bowl the gravy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that photo. <laughs> this is. The um, bowl of gravy. That is soup. For Thank everybody you. listening and just scrolling down Brandon's portfolio on his website, um, you can go to it, dwellingtable.com. You asked about drinks. Yeah. I, I yeah. Like, As a photographer, is it. Do you find. For you, as doing this for three years, you find it, you know, you know what you're doing. But for somebody listening that doesn't know what they're doing, is it kind of like similar settings and just similar basics, light, whatever, to capture drinks as it is to capture food? um, Yeah, it's similar. But I do think that you approach your drinks differently than you approach food um, because they photograph differently. Like you would want your lighting to be a little bit different, the way that you Mm -hmm. get your highlights on the ice or... um, also, sometimes the color of the drink just—it um, sounds silly. You're really the first. No, person it doesn't. Like I, 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 drinks are different. Generally interested in this food, but um, yeah, it is a little bit different. Because I mean, a lot of people who take pictures of food, you know, the you, quote food influencers that are that are in Oklahoma City, and we've got plenty of them. You know, you see them; they bring their lights with them or whatever, and they got their phone on, and they kind of do their thing, but. When I try and take a picture of food, like I'm, sta- I'm sat at the table and it's more of like a kind of in, I, I want to be inconspicuous about it because I'm kind of taking a photo of it to show it off to like what I'm eating to my yeah. friends or whatever. Yeah. And it's always that kind of like just generic at the table shot. But, you know, these obviously shots aren't, you're not sat at the table, right? You're in different positions and the food's placed differently. And I guess, does it just go with taking photos of food is it just kind of like taking photos of anything else you just got to position it in a way that's most desirable i yeah, guess yeah you you were really wanting to put food's best foot forward yeah. so like so like here with with this image of this grilled cheese i mean like you know this is Cody and he's with the hungry town concepts guys and he's at the mule and he's pulling this grilled cheese apart yeah. and like the best foot forward for a grilled cheese is like 
that cheesy, cheesy stringy <laughs> cheese. The cheese, um, the highlights on the cheese because it's shiny and melty mm-hmm. and. Um, I catch myself get wanting to say shine, and uh, the technical term is highlights. Okay. Which I just, uh, like, as a side note, yeah. there was a story written about me in the Oklahoma, <laughs> and the opening statement, which I, I loved the story. I thought it was really funny. It was by a guy named Josh Delaney, and, and it was great. I made the front cover, and it felt really good. His opening sentence was about, um, like, the unclothed subject sat there. Um, waiting to be photographed or something like that, and then um, I, there was I'm this building quote. the scene in yeah, my head right now. There was this quote, and it was like Brandon takes the photo and he says, "I love the shine on the beans," <laughs> and um, like it's hilarious, but I'm also like of all the this? things that yeah. I said during this uh, during this interview, you had to run That's with. What I love said. the shine on the beans. So now I. <laughs> Um, instantly degrades you. I credit myself as the founder of hashtag the shine on the beans. Okay. I saw that in your Instagram bio. I was wondering what that was for. Yeah, I was like later talking to a photographer friend of mine who's been doing this way longer and he was like, yeah, it's funny. They didn't even say that, like the technical term. Like they didn't even call it the highlight. Well, that's because people reading it, it are like people like, like me that have yeah, no I'm idea what you're I talking say stuff about. Like the shine. Yeah. <laughs> but so when like taking photos of food, talk like technical to me, right? shallow depth of field um like not necessarily no okay so yeah so, so talk to, um, you can talk about a couple this. of things like the, the when people say like i love taking photos but i cannot get food typically what i think they're probably talking about is like they can't get the composition mm-hmm. right um and <clears throat> i bet the best way i can describe it is like food food looks better um if you can just come a little bit closer so whenever I'm taking a, f- a photo of something, um, if it makes sense, like if it's a bowl, I try to come in pretty tight um, and photograph maybe three quarters of the bowl. I think I think with food, people feel like you have to get every, the whole thing. The entire plate. The, whole, whatever, the entire yeah. plate within the frame. Um, but that's not always the case. I think you, you can come in really close. You want to see the detail of the food. And, I mean, it's not always the case. You could be doing a tablescape or something like that and be, you know, distanced from the subject. But as far as, like, if you were going to take photos of, you know, a, a plate of pancakes or some cookies or a burger or something like that, I'm my, my biggest tip is to come in just a little bit closer or take your image and play with the crop. Um, mm-hmm. so that you do get those details. I think whenever we try to put everything within the frame, it can feel really staged. Um, so, like, having things that kind of transcend uh, the frame make mm-hmm. it feel like it has this kind of sense of place. Like like this image here of the pancakes on my yeah. portfolio. This is from Neighborhood Jam. And what I would want you to feel with the, you know, the plates there kind of transcending the sides of the frame is that there's a bigger food scene here other than just, you know, two stacks of pancakes or this image next to it with the with the shrimp and grits that that this is really on like a countertop or something. Mm -hmm. Do you still follow like the kind of rule of thirds leading lines, all the kind of camera basics as well? Absolutely do. And to. To be honest, I feel goofy talking about the rule of thirds. I think it's like a really uh, foundational yeah, kind of is. way to yeah. approach composition. That also sounds so simple, like that. That whenever I'm when I'm trying to explain it, I'm like, "Is this really mm-hmm. real?" It's like when yeah. somebody's 
yeah, after you've done it and kind of see like the impact that it makes on your images, it feels like telling somebody how to breathe. Yeah, it's like going back to teaching like, you know, whatever it is, even if it's a sport, like so going to the basics and the foundations and starting, starting again. But that's good though, because people listening are gonna be like, oh, it's that simple. Like it's not like this crazy settings and all that stuff. Like it's oh, you just go back to the basics and kind of you'll you'll figure it out. Honestly, yeah. I th- I think that that is kind of sorry to cut you off, but I think that I, I mean think you that, do have a microphone. You can chime <laughs> in whenever you want. Yeah, he's like facing you, and I'm just sorry. I'm just, I'm like, I'm just like the here. moon. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I do think that uh, when it comes to like, because I get asked questions like that all the time, and I think that even outside of like you were talking about sports and stuff, I do really think that when it comes down to like being good at whatever it is you're doing like literally it's it really is just that simple like <clears throat> i was listening to another podcast the other day and if i don't know if you've ever talked to me you know how much i like mike kelly he's like an architectural photographer he's like probably one of the more well-known ones he was talking about some of his most iconic photos are just straight out of camera he didn't do anything to them he just took the photo and and I think maybe there's a fact like just a kind of a star factor to it like oh it's Mike Kelly he took it so that's why it's good, but also I think that when you like when you really strip back all this like the pro like layer masking and Photoshop and all this other stuff like if you like if you know what you're doing as far as a basic thing goes then yeah I think you're good because like I said some of his most iconic photos are just straight out of camera shots and you're like holy cow you know yeah. I didn't realize that that was like literally he took the picture maybe did a few highlight adjustments in Lightroom and sent it out and it's like wow he's so good but he's like it was just yeah. a simple it's kind of something that you can't teach in photography isn't it? like yeah. photographers talk about having like the eye mm-hmm. well, if you don't have the eye for it and people starting out like it's something that I'm sure is developed over time Definitely. naturally you, some people have it as well though right like you yeah. can pick up a camera and you're like oh I just kind of see it differently and I move one foot to the right and I get this angle or mm-hmm. whatever it is. I, I like, like earlier, whenever I was saying uh, the thing about like a linear process, mm-hmm. photography, I think is really not so linear as much as it is bringing together multiple concepts that help create an image. So even if you have a raw talent, I do think like learning the technical components of your camera and how to make it do what you want it to do um, but like you know, you're also understanding composition, and you're like <coughs> developing your eye for that. You're also understanding lighting and what you can work with if mm-hmm. you're focusing on natural light, or how you're going to bring in studio lights to mm-hmm. light your image, and how you're going to do that setup. Um, yeah. Is that? Uh, do, you, do you spend more time light setting up lights and everything than you do taking the photos? I favor using a studio light mm-hmm. of some sort, or like a speed light, or flash, or whatever. Um, generally because natural light is so unpredictable and um, you, you just you can't get away with it mm-hmm. in every situation yeah I do and, and in fact if you were to go to my portfolio a lot of the work that I've done I've used a studio light yeah mm-hmm. and everything's like I said it's kind of bright you have to highlight everything and I'm sure when you walked into that first shoot, like this is a dungeon. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's probably well, really, really even the bulbs, <laughs> even the bulbs are yellow. Yeah, it had its own charm, but yeah. like I, I should post something about the the food photos I took there. They were fine, and and you know it's like that that publication is like very um, documentary. Uh-huh. Like what you see is what you get, um, as far as like the restaurant shoots go. So it all worked out, but. Um, 
Yes, I will say to to be able to go into a shoot and know that I have the equipment that I need, even if it's just in case, um, it's like yeah. a huge relief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I did a series for, it's coming out in Oklahoma today um, in like their upcoming issue, but it was a, a series on chef's tables. And if you've ever, <laughs> I didn't even really know what a chef's table was, but it's a it's like a VIP table, okay, in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Or it, it can also be like a, a bar that's up by the kitchen. It's it's like a space for, um, it's really the space for like you to have this kind of more personal chef kind of dining experience. Anyway, uh, the assignment was to not only shoot like the chef's table experience with, you know, guests there, but also shoot food. Yeah. And to be honest with you, like, you know, we're in the middle of winter and it's dark by five-ish p.m. And people don't want to eat under a giant strobe light in front of them or, you know, (laughs) lit up while they're eating. Like if I was going in and I was going to try and shoot it all at once and shoot the food and get this, you know, beautiful editorial style shot of food among like a really natural setting Mm -hmm. with people who aren't models. They're just regular old people. Like, um, it would be very, very difficult. Yeah. So to be able to, you know, we ended up splitting it up. I went in and shot the food. Uh, I did use lighting, but then I went in and was able to have like a more documentary experience with the actual chef's table Mm -hmm. um, where the people were like, more candid and they could just be themselves they're not they, on set and yeah. trying to like worry about how they're lifting their fork and chewing and probably, all that kind of stuff yes. that was probably also good for them because they probably like like you were saying they probably didn't want to feel like I they had to that. like do things a certain way you know yeah. like okay i can actually just experience this as i want um and then um so whenever you split it up was that your suggestion or was that their suggestion or? that was my suggestion okay i think i to be honest with you i think that is kind of a skill in itself is being able to like know what you're doing and like hey i think this is going to be better yes um because like there's so many times like you know just being in real estate photography like there's like so many things that are like out of your control that you kind of just have to do it but just like being able to like be in a position where you can be like hey this is what i think yeah as a professional here yeah um and then just having your client trust you like that i think that's a really big thing i completely agree with that Mm -hmm. i mean i think it's taken longer for me to feel comfortable being assertive um, but you know, you, you can only do things poorly so many times until you think like, yeah, this is, this is not going to work. And I've done this, you know, however many times and it's never really worked the way I thought it was going to. Right. And as a photographer, like at the end of the day, who's going to get blamed for a bad photo? Yeah. Not the restaurant, yeah. not the guests, not the chef. Yeah. It's going to be the photographer. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I have I have goals for where I want to go with my business, and part of what I have to do to get there is is protect my work and make sure that I'm producing good work. Um, right. Also, though, like I like having a happy client. Like at the end of the day, I want my client to feel like, man, it was great working with Brandon. Not only did he produce, you know, some really great images, he was easy to work with. He was intelligent about the subject matter, um, and he helped kind of protect our investment in the shoot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't think there's enough said about, um, being assertive as a photographer. I think, especially here in the Midwest, um, where I don't think photography at, is quite as seasoned as like where you would see on the coasts or in other major cities. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think there's a level of art direction that you have to bring to the table to like ensure mm. that you're going to be delivering a quality product. Whereas I think um, in other locations, you would maybe be working maybe a little bit more as a team with somebody else who's going to be providing art direction. Yeah. Does that yeah. make any sense? Is that like clear? Yeah, no, yeah. that makes total sense. No, I, mean, I think, I mean, there were probably definitely times, you know, in the past where you were in a situation like that where you're, in your mind you were probably like, it's probably best to split this up, but like you probably didn't feel like you could say anything or you maybe were not in the position or well, maybe it's a lot of you gotta have self-confidence to do it right yeah it's the self-confidence so yeah. yeah just being in a place where you you're like you know what that this is this is what i think and i don't know i just think that's well, cool. i think all all three of us probably like would not like super confrontational people oh, no. right we're kind of just like oh that's <laughs> how you want to do it okay it's fine like I'm, you know yeah. it's not like you'd be like i'm sure it takes a lot to develop that yeah, hey, I'm the professional here. This is how this needs to be done, and I'm sure. Like, and I sometimes I feel like a real dick doing that, but like that's you have to do that to ensure that the quality of the work maintains. Yeah, the expectation. Think, you know, it's like the combination of you know self confidence and and the confidence in your work, mm-hmm. but also the language. Like, I don't think I've ever gone in and been like, I'm the professional, you're the subordinate, you've just paid me to do this. Like, and I don't really believe it. Like, this food looks like trash right now. You need to go recook this right but now. Yeah, no, it's like learning the language for, yeah. learning Definitely. language or techniques for how, like, you know, if you have some kind of discrepancy between what, what the client wants and what you're actually able to provide, um, having tools to kind of bridge that gap. A lot of times, um, I'll shoot tethered, if there is somebody there who's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, kind of monitoring the images and making sure we're getting what we want. And just having the images be able to display on a screen separate from my camera where they can view it, it's it's so much easier for them to say, like, yes, this is working or no, it's not. Um, I think also having a technical understanding of... Um, a technical understanding of composition and a way to describe um, why... In an image, the composition works or it doesn't work right. is like a great way to, to, I don't know, a great way to bridge that gap between mm-hmm. what the client wants and then what is actually happening. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned like goals. So elaborate on that for me a little bit. Is it kind of just bigger, better travel? Or like I love traveling, yeah. actually. So yeah, I really to travel do. to shoot restaurants, stuff like that. Yeah. I, one of the things I love about being a photographer is the... Um, you get you you know if you were able to get booked, you have these opportunities to meet people and get behind the scenes in ways that I don't think anybody else really gets mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Um, and like for this chef's table series with uh, Oklahoma today, um, I got to travel to what is it four or five restaurants here in Oklahoma City and two restaurants in Tulsa, and get to meet people and see behind the scenes and. Uh, it was so fun. I mean, yeah. it was really so fun. So, um, I love, I love that. They get lovely getting to meet people. Um, I more recently in the last few years, I really like working on a set. Um, it's very, very enjoyable. Okay. I think one person that I like would love to credit as like helping me see that there's a, uh, a woman here in Oklahoma city named Britta Newton Taren. And she's like, Almost as many names as Canon. (laughs) She is like a really, really good stylist who's worked with with big names. (laughs) And um, I've gotten to shoot with her a couple of times. And I um, really that has given me some visibility for like what it actually looks like to work on a set, Mm -hmm. to work with an art director. 
um, to do something more than just show up with my camera. Yeah. I love it. Is it just because it's more structured, more like professional settings, more structured? It's kind of rise to the occasion? It is. It's a little bit more intentional. Yeah. I should say it's a lot more intentional. But also, I love editorial style work. So, um, like things that feel maybe a little bit more natural or it's like, you know, it's not just beautiful food. It's also in a beautiful setting. It's got beautiful plates, beautiful glassware. Yeah. All of that kind of stuff. Beautiful linens. And, um... I guess trying to capture the whole scene and the feel of that in in photography is the... I mean, that's the aim of the game, right? I think... Especially um, kind of what Canon does with, with architectural yeah, sorry, stuff, I'm too. Kind of blocking you out again. <laughs> sorry. No, I think that kind of what you're saying, um, as opposed... Like, um, you were, were you saying that the editorial stuff and, like, being on set are, are different? You're saying... No, that? no. Okay. I think they're very similar. Okay. Well, I mean, not every time you're on set is, is that. I mean, I've been on a set and we've shot strictly menu photography, mm-hmm. and that's that's fine. I, okay. I, I, I can okay. certainly do I that. See but I think it's like... It's it's like I love the editorial style, but I also like the you know the kind of intention that is put into photography on set and like the way you adjust for for perfect lighting okay. and for this perfect gotcha. setting. And it's not so run and gun. Just show up with a camera and do the best that you can with what you've got. I think so. What I was gonna say is I think, um, I, and I don't know. I, maybe I can't speak for all photographers, but I think one of the the things that I dislike hearing the most is, I don't know. You're the photographer. You're the artist. Figure it out. You're the artist, you know? And so being on set with, there's a team there being intentional about this and that. And like, yeah. basically, because um, I, I do think there's, you know, I do enjoy like having my creative freedom when it comes to things. The worst though is whenever you're on, like you're shooting something that's very uninspired mm-hmm. and the client is yes. like, you tell me you're the photographer. And, and in, in your head, what you want to say is like, well, I would have never decided to shoot this in the first place. <laughs> that's yeah, that's so how talking. do you come across that? That's how do you like, how do you tackle that? What do you mean? Like, how do you, yeah. Like for, for, like, me, for both of you. Yeah. For me on like a, at a shoot that I think is uninspired. Um, the best thing I can do is provide a technical service. So mm-hmm. if it was, you know, if it was food, I wouldn't have picked or a setting I wouldn't have picked or, 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 you know, you know, just imagine maybe it's just all very bare and plain. Right. The best thing I can do is use like a technical understanding about how my lines are interacting with each other or like great composition to help this food put okay. its best foot forward. But I think that's what, um, that's what having a really strong technical know-how gives mm-hmm. you is a means to kind of navigate those and just say like, you know, even though I wouldn't have picked this, which you don't say that, even though I wouldn't have <laughs> picked this, I did help you get the best possible photos you Go could to. get with this. I, yeah, I was, I, I think when you're, if you're starting out and you want to be like a photographer, I think first of all, you do have to cast a wide net and just kind of get whatever yeah. you can get. Mm-hmm. And that's how you kind of get that technical know-how. And over time you can kind of start to like, yeah, I don't really like. I know that shooting this for maybe for this specific client or maybe this specific genre. Like, I know that I'm not into that, and it does kind of give me that yeah. weird feeling. But I think that you know, like like he said, like over time you'll develop these skills, and you'll know whenever you do find yourself in a situation where you're like uninspired, you can just you know, because like shooting real estate, like I I shoot fifty thousand dollar houses and multi million dollar houses and everything in between. And so some of these smaller, like, you know, an $80,000 flip and more is very uninspiring. Mm-hmm. But knowing how to do what I do, I can just get it done. Right. I can do it. And then so whenever I am in these, like, 
really nice, maybe not, not even multi-million dollar houses, but nice houses that like are more my aesthetic or more something I'm into, like then I can kind of like let my creative juices flow. But when I'm doing these, you know, small houses, then yeah. I just, I know how to do it. So I just do it and GTFO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's understandable. Maybe it that's sense. kind of what you were saying. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. 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 Just, it's like, it's like, you know, you go into a home and and the best thing you can do is like adjust the lighting right. make sure the fan is turned off like you know these kinds of simple things mm-hmm. okay yeah uh but i've been really okay so i here's like a little kind of caveat type of thing so i um i bought a subscription to masterclass which mm-hmm. i'm curious if maybe you all get no idea what on facebook is. oh yeah okay but like the they're one of the teachers which which if you have the the you know, opportunity to do this. I do think it's great because the teachers for this online school or whatever, they're all industry leaders. Okay. Okay. So Annie Leibovitz, she's like a huge, huge, huge photographer. Super, okay. super, super iconic. Super. You know, real quick for you. Lots of celebrities. There are so like many. Portrait. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like she shot a lot of like movie covers. Like there are so many photos that I have just recently realized that they're like super iconic photos they're super iconic like movie posters and stuff mm-hmm. she's the one that took them because okay. she's been like what 30, 40 she's a long she's, long time yeah yeah. like there's so many photos that I'm like I had no idea that was her she's like super like what yeah. yeah so anyways so this master so how much is it like a monthly subscription and you just have classes uh, I bought it for a year okay, okay they had like a, a two for one kind of deal and a yeah. buddy and I split it but um, I was really inspired by her her class because it was so much more about um and I also think that I was maybe at a little bit of a crossroads, but her class was so much on like, um, I don't know. It wasn't on like everything requires all this expensive equipment. It was, it was on like capturing something emotive mm-hmm. from your subject and, um, it not necessarily having to be like this huge relying on technical mm-hmm. for it. And, um, yeah, I don't know how to describe it because yeah. on one hand she's shooting these really superb kind of like celebrity shoots, um, but they're like I don't know how to describe it. They're kind of subdued. There's something very natural okay. feeling about them. She's even just really good, like, at what she she's just good at what she does. She's extremely editorial. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, she's really inspired me to be a better photographer okay. and um, really kind of fight for like you know when I'm photographing something, what is it that is going to bring life to this that um, Mm-hmm. tells a story yeah which yeah. I think in 2020 we're kind of he- tired of like hearing storytellers story <laughs> storytelling Everyone's, and blah 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 yeah. but um, do I, I when I teach workshops or classes I always ask you know what is it that makes a good food photo mm-hmm. and to me the thing that makes a good food photo is that it's engaging that it is telling a story about the food yeah. even if it's you know it doesn't have to be this huge long spiel I just think there's something that is kind of captivating about it that that draws you in, that makes you want to learn more about mm-hmm. whatever the subject is. I think yeah. I think that that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about just knowing, like, um, knowing that like basically the basic like the rule of thirds like that's kind of that I think being able to do that and being able to um, do it really well kind of is in that same plane of field as like the rule of thirds or mm-hmm. like just understanding the basics of whatever it is that you're doing because if you can't First of all, if you can't do that, if you can't you evoke something from somebody, you're probably not going to be yeah. that successful. And I, um, kind of what you were saying is, Al, she kind of does this very stripped back approach of like, 
you know, um, going going back to Mike Kelly again, something he talked about in that same podcast I was listening to is, you know, over time his like gear setup that he takes on with him has dwindled massively. Like yeah. he used to take like multiple pelican, pelican, pelican cases of stuff, and now he's like just travels with his camera, tripod, one light, and a couple of like mm-hmm. um, scrims or whatever. I don't know if people know what scrims are, but just something to block it's like light. A diffuser. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and just over time, like getting, you know, understanding that like you don't need all these big, crazy things to, if you're, you know, if you're good, if you know the basics, and you know what you're doing, then, yeah, yeah. To go in a completely different direction, when you see like okay. videos of people take like kind of videos or or photos of or whatever it is of people taking, like ba- behind the scenes shoots, right? Of behind the scenes videos of, of shoots, and I'm going to use like fast food chains for this which I don't think you've done any fast food chains right kind of okay so what I want to ask is like they do a lot to the food to make it shine and look like you see I just used shine (laughs) Uh, to make it you know what I mean like they spray it with stuff and it's like what I'm saying is like when you see a picture of like a I'm going to use McDonald's for an example McDonald's when you get it that's not what it looks like Right. Okay. So, like, obviously, you've got it's a, a like, staged photo. Yes. So, but is there, a, and you don't have to name names, but is there any? Has there been experiences where you've had? Do you have to do that to make things pop and shine, or is it just more? It's easier to do in editing, and they're just doing that because the food's crap, and it's like. I have does that not make sense? Been, yeah, I haven't been on a. I will say I haven't been on a set that's that's been quite so. Um, like intense like as adding far makeup as, to food basically yeah, is what I'm trying to say as far as that I mean definitely there are things that I would do um, for a shoot that would like help and it could be something as little as like brushing oil on something that needs to shine mm-hmm. a little bit more or like um, produce highlight. Yeah. <laughs> if it's like supposed to be fresh produce sometimes like spritzing it with a little bit of water okay. can, can help if it makes sense yeah the but scene. my but point is like you like, can still actually eat that food it's not like oh I've just sprayed it with all this crap to make it look good I'm, yeah. it's now going in the track um, I, I, I did work on a set where they used oh what was it it was like to take the place of ice cream Okay. Which that's like the the number one question people ask. It's mashed like, potatoes. Do you use mashed potatoes for ice cream? <laughs> Is really? Um, I didn't know that. Actually, I Is I that mean, like an industry secret? I, it, I guess. I haven't ever used it, but I also don't photograph a lot of ice cream. Yeah. Because um, yeah. if you're working with ice cream, you got to work fast. So yeah. It's very, very fast. really hard to photograph ice cream. Honestly. Is it really? Yeah, it is. Um, but because you're trying to get like that perfect scoop, you know what I'm saying? You're trying to get like, you're trying to get like an ice cream ball. Yeah. Okay. But then... You need to get it all set up and prepared and then shoot it before it melts. Um, Shooting like your sports photography, the shutter speed's going crazy. (laughs) I actually have had some shoots, though, where I'm, like, clicking through the images and you can see, like, you can literally see, see, like, the ice cream melting. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. I like that. That's fun. Um, Yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Because, you know, you you see videos on YouTube, whatever, and they're like, you know, this is what we've done to make this double cheeseburger yeah. look this good I do good. think that that like I, I have a lot of respect for that because that is a true skill and uh-huh. art to be able to take you know a burger yeah. like that which you know you're going to unwrap it and it's going to be like yeah. kind of dumpy but you're only eating it because it's convenient and it tastes great yeah um yeah, I do think it's an art I have a lot of respect for like big big food stylists because okay. it's it's it just takes a lot of effort and energy and know-how to, yeah. to take something like that and really make it 
you know, extremely commercial. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, I guess we can finish on, uh, and I know, you know, we've been chopping it up for a bit, and before we started recording, there was a picture of a cheeseburger on, on the, that you were really happy and really proud of. What's your favorite burger? It was. Kenan <laughs> was picking at it. Uh, no. um, I guess what would, you, what would be your go-to favorite place to eat burgers in town? Okay, putting so you on kind of, the spot I'm going right to tell now. you, this is kind of sad. Um, so first off, my favorite food is a bacon cheeseburger yeah. and french fries. Okay, like I will default to that. Mm-hmm. I like got very fat eating those whenever my kids were born. <laughs> and um, this isn't a bacon cheeseburger, but I do think that the Pritchard okay. in the plaza, which they're going to be like no more. They're rebranding. Yeah. They're going to be Lua. And I have no idea if their bistro burger is going to make the cut for the next menu or not. I really hope they do because that thing is I so good. Oh, my gosh. Okay. It is so good. It is Hands so down, good. Yeah. So, so you can still go get it? I mean, I think that they are closing on like the 16th or something. Okay, because I remember we had a conversation with somebody a couple weeks ago, and they were like, it's, out, it's on its way out. And we were yeah, like, no, oh, no. There's a few places that are doing that, though, right? I think Republic and Chisholm Creek are on, like, have, have they, like, shut that one down now? Are they just opened in Chisholm Creek? Yeah. They literally, like, <laughs> turn the lights know. on and, like, get yeah. Okay, think, okay, yeah. okay. But I also have to say. I don't know if that's true. I, that's what I've heard. So don't quote me on that. I love Tucker's. Yes. Okay. Ooh. Tucker's is amazing. The secret at Tucker's is to get the kid's meal because it's just the right proportion. Uh, it comes with fries. You can easily add bacon to it, and it's, like, still very cheap. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't. Um, top tip. Exclusive comes to the podcast. That's so, great. So you're, great consumer advice right there. So you're saying the Pritchard Burger is your, like, that's yeah, it. Yeah, okay. the Pritchard okay, Burger okay. is great. I love Johnny's. I'm yeah, I do. I like Johnny's. I Johnny's. Johnny's put too much cheese on it, though, you think for me. So? Oh, it's just like, it's yeah, it's, and like, it's, I don't like the cheese they put on it. It's, that theta sauce? It's not or, cheese. Or theta, whatever you call theta, it. Yeah. Theta, good. Bill. I yeah. really theta. like that. What about Irma's? Um, Irma's. Irma's is, like, kind of understated. I haven't been to Irma's in a really long time. Uh, well, it's been a long I'm time sure since great. I've been there. But, I'm sure it's yeah. great. I should, I should just say, we have two kids under two. And we it's eat no Chipotle. <laughs> like, people will be like, you know, tell me about the local food scene. Yeah. And I'm like, we don't like, get out. Yeah. Chick-fil-A. Get out. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I, okay, like so amazing. Yeah. Uh, since we're talking about burgers, I will say, I don't know if Hop Dottie is like a, I don't know if it, oh, is it local oh, or okay. is it? No, it's not. But, but I Hop do Dottie like Hop Dottie is yeah. amazing. Is Hop it Dottie a local? Really you say it's not local? It's all Austin based, I think. Okay. Also, I mean, there's two in town now. Paddy Wagon. Ooh, I haven't Ooh, had that wagon yet. Is so, Wagon okay, he does took me to not pat- get the recognition it okay. deserves. He took me to Paddy Wagon for the first time, and bro, yeah. it's yeah, it's good. But really good. Okay, so real quick, back to Hop Dottie. They have this burger. I think it's called the Breakfast Burger. I'm not sure, but I went there with my brother the other day, and he was like, hey, you got to get the Breakfast Burger. And I was like, okay. So I looked at the menu. It's hamburger meat, sausage, like pork sausage, and like ham is the patty. Like it's all oh, in one. That's amazing. I ate it and I was like, you could taste the pork it's sausage. It's like a fried egg on top as well. Yeah, it's got a, it's like what you would expect out of a yeah. breakfast burger. But dude, I think this, the patty took it over the top because it was like I said, it was hamburger, pork sausage, and ham in the in, patty. Yeah. Like it was all the, that was the patty, and you could taste the sausage. And I don't know, it was so good, dude. So I have to have that one next time. Too. You should go try that. But yeah. back, but he said paddy wagon. That's that's also like okay upper good. shelf. Okay, all right, and then also local Homa in the collective. Okay. Amazing chef, amazing burgers, and like these very, very good fries. Yeah. To that point, is there anybody um, like that really outside it? You know, you said Paddy Wagons doesn't get the recognition it deserves. 
is there anyone that's like up and coming that like you've kind of heard about through the grapevine and, and you may be shooting them soon or do people that have just been around for a while they're just like a very understated and people need to go see these local people more rather than going to like Johnny's or Five Guys or whatever I wish I knew. Yeah, I wish I knew. I uh, yeah. I don't know a lot about the local food right. scene as far as like who's up and coming or or anything like that. But I know that's so lame. I'm no, it's sorry. not. No, no. I just I'm trying to give some, some consumer advice to the people listening. Like, oh, we haven't been here yet. Let's go there. But Paddy Wagon was good, and local homo was. I mean, you answered the question I asked. I just should have asked it. I will say <laughs> before if, you said that. If you if you know what a hot, does anybody know what a hot hamburger is? No. Okay, so hot hamburger. I think I'm from Bartlesville, Oklahoma, and there's like a restaurant there that serves a hot. It's called Murphy's. They serve a hot hamburger. It's basically like bread, meat. If you want cheese, cheese. Fries are on top of that, and then gravy over the top of everything. Ooh, okay. And I that's the only place I've ever seen that had it. But there's a. Um, I think we said it. New State um, in the Plaza. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, they have good burgers too. They have. They have um, uh, a hot hamburger. Okay. That's really good, and that's the only place that I've seen. So Ron's does that. Oh, they do. Ron's, okay. but Ron does it with chili. They put chili over. Okay, the top yeah. So the, the I mean, I don't know. I don't like know what massive. that is. But yeah. the gravy over the top, um, brown gravy over the top yeah. with the fries. Like, I don't know. I, if you're into hot hamburgers, or that if you don't know awesome. what it is and you want to try it, New State in the Plaza. Can't awesome. see it, but I'm doing the rock. Yeah, on. you can watch it. We're on video. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Um, if yeah. you're into that kind of stuff. So. Awesome. Well, I think this has been very valuable. Uh, thanks for taking the time out, gents. Thanks Appreciate for it. Me. Totes. Um, Time to plug yourself. Shout your handles out. How can they? I mean, is anybody? Can anyone hire you, even if they're not like a restaurant? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the best way to get in contact with me is through my website, dwellingtable.com, uh, using the contact form there, or feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at dwellingtable via a DM. Cool, Kenan. Uh, my handle is Turk T U U R K. Um, or um, my website's currently under construction, which I think that's like everybody always says that. But it literally, like I'm literally, like somebody is literally working on it um, as we speak, maybe. Um, but the website's tkrb.co. Um, if you go there, there's not really much going on. But like I said, it's under construction. But and if people want to see what you do, go to your Instagram. Yeah, if you, that's the best. Way, that's yeah. the best way is um, my Instagram. That's where you're gonna see like work and what I'm doing and all that kind of stuff. So. Great. Awesome. Well, again, appreciate your time. Uh, Everyone listening and watching on Facebook and YouTube, thanks for checking in. You can follow us at This Is Oklahoma. And if you want to be on our weekly email list, sign up. There's a sign-up tab on our Facebook page. And we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.